tuning in to Eco Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. Today we have a wonderful interview for everyone. We had a couple of organizers from the People's Climate March over in Wilmington back in May come over and have a little chat. We had Ashley Hernandez, youth organizer for Communities for a Better Environment, and Jan Andesan, community organizer for ECR Communities. But before we get into that, let's get the show kicked off with today's words from the front. We have Whitney Amaya from East Yard Communities. Hi everyone, this is Whitney and I'm a member with East Yard Communities for Environmental Justice. I wanted to take this moment to invite you guys to a bike tour that we will be having in West Long Beach on Saturday, September 2nd at 10 a.m. We will be talking about the oil and gas infrastructure and how it negatively impacts our health and daily lives, as well as touching on topics of environmental racism. If you're interested, please check out our Facebook page, East Art Communities for Environmental Justice, or check out our website, eycj.org, for more information. Thank you. Thank you, Whitney. Now for our interview with Ashley Hernandez and Jan Andesan. You're listening to Eco Justice Radio on the Pacific Radio Network. We're here with Ashley Hernandez, youth organizer from Communities for a Better Environment, and Jan Andesan, community organizer for East Yard Communities. It's great to meet with you guys. It sure is. Well, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually have had Ashley before here on the show. She actually did our words from the front for our People's Climate March episode. I got to tell you, we really respect that. We really, <laughs> we really enjoyed that. Ooh, after all the takes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I gained respect and not pity. I'm sure that respect is underlined with a little bit of pity. Like, poor girl, she couldn't get <laughs> yeah. her well, first well, radio experience. Well, well you know what, you're... You know, well, you know, it just goes to show you're back. Mm-hmm. So that means we loved it. That means you're back. That I means we want right. we want more. We want more stuttering. We want more. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> it's a charm. Yeah. Stuttering's a charm. And any, but you know, the the first time here, Jan Anderson. Yeah, I hope so, I said your name right. Yeah, you know, I actually don't know how to pronounce my own last name since the only people that have it are my family and we say we all say it differently. <laughs> I'm oh, not okay. even joking. Nobody in the U.S. has my last name, so... Well, different pronunciations for different seasons. Yes. But yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited to have, you know, this conversation with Ashley, especially working with uh, Communities for a Better Environment. I think they do a lot of great work in Wilmington. But, you know, where I work in Long Beach, we should be dialoguing more since we're right next to each other facing the same issues. And I'm really excited just to um, to get other other viewers to listen to what we're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to tell you, that brings me to my first thing. ECR Communities for Environmental Justice. What is that org? Yeah, cool, cool. So uh, some of y'all might have heard of us uh, from different articles or seen some interviews on Telemundo, but ECR Communities for Environmental Justice, and I'm going to do the my little pitch that I always say is, we're a community-based organization that focuses primarily in East LA, Southeast LA, and Long Beach on in addressing industrial pollution, but it's through co-powering residents to actually build leadership within the community to fight bad projects, fight bad policies, and and build a healthier communities. And, and so I'm really excited because I organized specifically in Long Beach where I grew up. In West Long Beach, that's where I moved when I came from the Philippines. And we organized with predominantly communities of color fighting industrial pollution like port pollution, rail yard pollution, as well as um, toxic release facilities like refineries, like the Tesoro refinery that's situated right next to West Long Beach. And our goal really is to build community capacity. So residents on the ground organizing their own neighbors and and fighting these bad projects. 
So as we were both talking about, because we got the one, we got one for Carson, represented from Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Definitely loved the march that happened. That was great. But you know, let's look for the future. Right. What is the future for East Yard? So if you were at the march and you heard me speak with my cute little hat. You um, looked great. Thanks. Uh, and I, I've been clarifying with folks since I don't want to take credit for that whole speech. It was uh, myself and our community member, Whitney Amaya. You've probably seen her name blasted out on the 350 email um, for SoCal and why she marched. But, I mean, the next step really is exactly what I said, show up. You got to show up to the not even just the big things, but you have to show up to the little things. So our organizations have been doing work in fighting and, um, well, the Tesoro Refinery We've been fighting, fighting really bad rail yard projects that's been built in our communities. And we organize a local community, but there's a lot of folks that are organizing and doing other things and have a lot more free time, resources, and capacity. Yeah. And so one of the things that I said, that we said in our speech is show up and actually listen. Listen to what's going on in the community because we actually need help. We need support. We need some resources too since we're under-resourced community-based organizations. So literally people are volunteering extra time we're getting these small grants and doing we're doing more work than what some big organizations do and and once you show up you'll actually know what's going on and the thing that i always say is if you show up to a community meeting you're going to learn 20 different issues that you <laughs> are probably linked to and you can connect and actually not just go to that meeting but also oh there's a subcommittee meeting to plan a mobilization you know at city council there's a there's an action at the park those are things that you can do and and that's just the most basic thing but I think right now for us is um, really continuing to build the momentum specifically with the fight on with the Tesoro refinery. This project, and you know, I want to honor the work that Communities for a Better Environment, um, Ashley, Alicia, and all the folks in Wilmington have been doing to push back the project. And we've been supporting as East Yard, but we really need the whole community. We need yeah. Wilmington, um, Carson, we need West Long Beach to, and there's hella people. There's a lot of people that live there to actually fight to yeah. fight the expansion. And I'm saying expansion, you'll hear a merger, but I want to be real that this isn't a merger. This is an expansion yeah. that's going to encroach in our lives and give us more, you know, contamination. Yeah, which brings me to Ashley. Ashley, what do, you, what do you think about that? You know, I think in general, when people are looking at the environmental movement, we have to demythify that marches and rallies are going to fix the problem. That is literally the only tool that we have to get people to join in at a, literally at a huge massive party parade. Let's talk about it. Let's get involved. Let's organize, you know, and I feel that um, I'm super glad that People's Climate March was in my hood. You know, I'm a Wilmington resident. I live right next to the largest oil drilling site yeah. west of the Mississippi. And, you know, if I lived in another country, who knows what would happen? You know, I'd probably be blown up or something. But, you know, Petrol and oil makes this money go round and round, and you, you know, know? And, you know, I got to tell you the interesting thing about uh, Wilmington, at least when I went when I yeah. went to the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had to stop my car to allow a peacock to cross Oh, yeah. My street. You saw those, didn't you? Yeah, you I know? did. That was, that was the one thing. I was like, I, I, was dri- I was driving and I was like, is that a peacock? You know, sometimes they, they definitely do chase, yeah. you know. It's, it's, Wilmington has a lot of... A lot of history, and I yeah. think another thing with Wilmington is that, and you guys can probably agree with this, it's it's a visual community. You will see environmental justice, injustice yeah. literally at every corner and every stop. It, you don't have to look far um, to, to find some type of injustice as far as um, the cumulative impacts that are affecting yeah. the Wilmington community. And I think that's one of the big critiques. Like, you know, when we were talking about the march focusing on the Tesoro refinery, is it's really important because... 
this is a big project we can stop now. Right. But people don't realize when we talk about the 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 South Bay, you know, when we talk about this area, you're talking about the Port of LA and the Port of Long Beach, which is one of the largest, it's the largest, the largest source of emission yes. in the region. But when I think about that on a very personal level, think about all the clothes you're wearing, your Samsung mm-hmm. phone, your um, iPhone made in China. They're coming from these yeah. ports and passing through our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. passing yeah. through Wilmington, Carson, Long Beach, all the way up to the 710. Mm-hmm. And literally, we're breathing in, you know, we're breathing in all that toxic chemicals. And when, when I think about climate change, I think about it on a very personal daily experience when I see the ships idling literally right next to our harbor. And right. when a ship idles, it's very different from a truck because... Because those ships can account for so much more than, you know, one truck. And at the same time, this is what climate change looks like to us. It's something that just passes through our communities and someone else benefits off our lungs being air filters. And I I think that's definitely where, you know, one of the beauties of having our narrative and messaging centered um, as far as the People's Climate March and the Soto in our communities is because obviously we, we've gone over this. Yeah. Climate change starts in the hood. And so um, being affected um, by all these sources of pollution, people don't realize that, you know, L.A., L, you know, California has the fourth largest economy in the world. Yeah. L.A., I mean, being I'm from Wilmington, but when people are like, where are you from? I'm from L.A. Um, because you look at the community that gives L.A. the most economically, it's my community for the sake of my health. Oh, yeah. You know, through oil money, through the port, yeah. through um, extraction, through the refining, we produced one third of California's yeah. oil in California. And a majority of that oil is coming from our community. In Wilmington, we sit adjacent to the third largest oil field in the nation. Um, our community in resources is rich. We have workers that are doing all of the work. We have resources that literally people are in danger of. So uh, it's really interesting, you know, looking at these projects and, and really trying to make people realize, look, climate change isn't this thing that's far off in, up in the Arctic or in the North Pole. Like climate change is something that's happening now and you can tackle it, yeah. you know, with the Tesoro project in general. We've been fighting this project for three years, and we've had the success to slow it down for three years. This march doesn't mean that it's over. This march just means it's finally getting to a place where we can begin and and kick off. And, you know, I got to tell you, I really really do align with that because as as someone who is a a citizen of the Valley, Mm -hmm. constantly have to tell people, I'm from L.A. (laughs) I'm from L.A. You know, we used to be where all your food came from. We kind of still are. If you just turn on your radio, you're listening to Ashley Hernandez and Jan Anderson on 90.7 KPFK. So here's something I always want to talk about with people. Usually when you go to these protests or you go to these marches or organizations, they're usually filled with older people. Usually because the older people are the are the uh you know, they're the spearhead. They got the mm-hmm. most time. That's what they want to put their energy toward. They want to leave a good world for the next generation. But it's really cool because you guys are around like my age. Like I'm twenty eight, you're twenty four, you're twenty six. Twenty six. So what do you think is the challenge? for someone, say, in, like, our 20s or 30s when it comes to activism? You know, I think personally we, as youth, don't recognize our power and our influence. You know, I really just mm-hmm. – I and I feel that at times we've been discouraged by the amount of ageism that we have. It's people believe that mainly because – especially right now we have a digital age. I think people believe that every millennial is, like, connected to their iPhone or Samsung. And I feel that people need to recognize that we've adapted to the form of of communicating and organizing and mobilizing onto literally me- like forms of media and, and 
outreach and connecting that weren't here a couple of years ago. And, you yeah, know, yeah. and I feel like one of the main deals that we as youth need to remember, and I'm actually going to quote a old East Yards organizer because I was a beginner and I was it was my first year organizing with CBE and I was working in around Sacramento I believe where was it? I think it was like Stockton and he mentioned something to a group of students and we we're doing a, a, a lobby day I don't remember his name and he mentioned you guys are the ones that have the ability to create trends you guys have the swag you guys create the new movements and the new styles I mean let's be honest nobody here is trying to like really no no young millennials really like I really can't wait to wear like Crocs you know and 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 get into convalescent home like you know like and it just that's a reality and that's not to be ages that's just kind of to put that that comment out there and the fact that there is that divide within our communities you know and I feel that um, we need to recognize as youth we have an amazing power yes we're not invincible but we are the ones that are creating literally what is getting people moving and we got to give ourselves that that you know yeah no I totally agree that yes we have hella power but also we're organizing in such a different time right the community looks different mm-hmm. a, a lot of folks organize when let's be real there wasn't we're at a product of post immigration like when you think about the end of the chinese exclusion act immigration went up and so when you're looking at, i'm an immigrant i am literally from the philippines moved to west long beach in 1997 and i grew up with hella filipinos that were actually they there were there were majority immigrants that spoke tagalog and were going to school in the united states speaking in english but there is there's so many latinos that are also speaking spanish so it's 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 diverse oh, yeah. and so i think there's a different way of doing things too mm-hmm. and i think that we've like like you've said we've adapted but also we're we're working across different struggles in terms of just like connecting with other communities even as communities of color like for me i identify as a non-binary immigrant pinoy and in my own community that comes with a certain cachet as well as certain roadblocks and so when you're thinking about organizing with latinos and latinos are a big demographic from central americans to um latin americans to all to like literally the whole thing yeah so there's (laughs) this divide but i think i think that we we've started to learn what what works and what doesn't and i think people think the old ways are the only way to do it and we're we're trying to adapt because we know it's not working it's not working for us because it's not working for the movements that we're in whether it's in college or even in the local well yeah Yeah. yeah, and 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 that's that's always my thing too because i think there i think there comes a time when um, a lot of the people you know especially in the baby boomer generation they did a lot of stuff they Mm -hmm. did they processed vietnam they created woodstock they did all these great cool things yeah. but some of the stuff just it, it they, I think they're trying to be elderly and, and sage like but it just comes out as condescending like yeah. what, what, what and, and I mean I feel like that's something that we've always talked about and I mentioned it to a couple of people is it's extremely easy for a space to become patronizing to youth but in general I think we have to remind our elders like that whole idea of you guys aren't planting the seeds right now you've planted the seeds now the seeds are finally growing we're yeah. breaking through the concrete allow us to do our work yeah. because we are we are not excluding you. We want you to be a part of the discussion, but we really have to make sure that we're leading it in a direction in a way that it hasn't gone before. And we have ways and forms to connect that I feel we haven't been able to tap into, mainly due to the respect that we have to our elders, because yeah. that's what how we've been taught. But the, the seeds aren't being planted. The seeds are growing out right now. You know, we've the roots have been set and we are rising right now and we are resisting. And that's the beauty of our movement. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like it's kind of almost like, you know, trust the work that you create. Right. Yeah. You don't know, doubt yourself like, and don't doubt your community. Yeah. They helped create this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, why not give it a chance? Right. Why not help it? Yeah, it's different. 
It's it could it's it's uncomfortable sometimes. I, yeah. But just trust it. And I feel like in general too, for maybe a couple of us, I feel like in my experience. For example, my parents, when they came into this country, I don't know. They obviously were immigrants, so they didn't feel comfortable speaking up. And so my parents had to go through a huge world of struggle that I will never understand. With that being said, I think that because of that, I am super committed to continuing to do this because... Our communities, you know, are dealing with completely different issues. When my parents got here, there was a lot of immigrant folks that were just starting off with them. And now they've had children and these children have the opportunity to go out there and create the changes, you know, and be that representation that we didn't have. And organize our undocumented communities and peoples because we have rights too. Our communities have rights. Yeah. And I think for, for me, since your parents were immigrants, I always came here as an immigrant. I... I was told not to speak up when mm-hmm. I told my mom that this is my, you know, this is my job and that I was going to be a community organizer. Mm-hmm. She was like, do you know what happens to community organizers in the Philippines? They disappear yeah. in other countries. They disappear. Yeah. And it's a huge privilege to be able right. to organize and not disappear five seconds later once you start. Agreed. But also, yes, we put ourselves at risk. And I think that's where our generation is right now is asking that question. Do, do we want to organize? Because we've been cultured to some extent too, separate from these patronizing space that we shouldn't organize. That, right. And even like internally, this isn't cool. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I do adult and youth organizing. And right. it's interesting to hear the older, the, the elders say, yeah, organize. And some of the youth question it because they think, oh it's not cool enough but at the same time they want to do something because right. they know this is where they live yeah. and so I think that's that's the beautiful part is that we're having dialogue about what organizing can look like and how can, it can be inclusive since at least for us on our end in East Yards in Long Beach it's elders it's middle class folks it's college students and youth and literally across all yeah. different ethnicities. So I'm literally trying to bring all these people together at meetings, sometimes 30 to 50 people, and right. talking about the same issue that's impacting all of us. And I think that's when I say it's really changed, but there's an opportunity to make it not just more inclusive, but actually address all the issues that we're facing when it comes to not just environmental justice, but there's things around sexuality, there's things around race, and there's things around class yeah. um, that we're dealing with. And I mean, I feel like in, in my experience... I've talked to my parents about this as well because they come from Central America, from El Salvador, where when they had a republic, if you spoke up, you got killed. So this literally was a discussion I had with my parents a couple of weeks ago where they're like, why are you making noise about this? It's like, this is dangerous. It's that fear. Really, really, it was the fear that I realized my parents still had. They're not in this old school oppressive country and government anymore. They're in a new society, in a new world, but they have these, they carry these fears and these burdens and they truly are like, this is dangerous, you know, and it is a vulnerable spot. I believe if you are an organizer with many minority connections to you, you are in a very vulnerable position. And for us, organizing is a form of of retaining our culture and retaining like our resistance and you know if I wasn't in this country I'd probably be dead myself and I think it's because of that that I'm just like no I have this opportunity here I can't let this go so I mean the fight's continuing to yes. stay. I mean, you just can't stop it. So you know what, to all those fellow youths, those young people, those whippersnappers, right. let me ask you this. If they were interested in East Yard, where can they go? Yeah. So what's great is we have two sites. We're based out in East LA in the Commerce area. And then we have an office in Long Beach. And so every second Wednesday, if you're in Long Beach, you can come to the West Side Christian Church. It's 6 to 8.30 p.m. We have food, really good Filipino food since we cater it. Oh, um, God, you got chicken adobo? Oh, we've had lumpia, we've had toron, 
veggie egg rolls. We try to make it as delicious and also support the community business around us. <laughs> but um, for Long Beach, they can come every second Wednesday at night, 6 p.m. at the Westside Christian Church. And um, they definitely can check out our Facebook page. We make memes. And I know us younger folks like our memes. So you can see that we're having political conversations using memes to engage people on hey, the issue. Hey, us young people do like our lols. And yes. uh, what about you, Ashley? Where can we're going to go. So with Communities for a Better Environment, one of the main deals that we're doing is it's extremely a special organization, mainly because we are a triad of legal, science, and organizing. And so we have a triad that has been statewide and nationwide delivering work as environmental justice victories. It isn't the politicians that are pushing this. It's yeah. community effort yeah. and community, yeah. intergenerational community effort. You know, like we're not just organizing youth. We're literally connecting different generations onto this movement. And I myself, particularly, I work with youth in the Wilmington, San Pedro Harbor area. Yeah. So if folks are around in Wilmington, Carson, or even Long Beach to Jan and to the other folks, San Pedro Harbor area, if you're in the area, you should definitely try stopping by our CBE office. We have our youth meetings every Monday at 3.30. We provide lunch. We provide rides. This is a space where youth can organize. You know, this is for college students, high school students, and middle school students ages 12 through 25. Awesome. It's never, you know, like, people are like, when should I get involved? It's like, just get involved, you know? And you should get involved. That's yes. all the time we got today. And donate. I, yeah, and yes, donate. Donate. <laughs> donate to our organization. Give we everyone money, Cal. please. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank Ashley. I want to thank Jan for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having You've been. Us. Hey, for, and yeah. you know what? You've we'll been listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. And you know what? This is Eagle Justice Radio here on the Pacifica Radio Network. And that is it for us. Thank you for listening to Eco Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. I want to thank Ashley Hernandez and Jan Andesan again. Thank you for coming over and having that great interview with us. Eco Justice Radio is brought to you by SoCal 350 and KPFK. Executive producer Mark Morris and original music by Javier Cadre. I'm JP Morris, and remember, the power is yours. Yeah.